fifth edition of the School Podcast. I'm Nigel, and beside me, as always, is Mr. Porik McGill. Hello, Porik. Hello. Coming up in the next half hour, we'll start with a look back at some of the notable releases from the month of April, including Shane Black's new contribution to the Iron Man saga, the first of the year's terrorist terrorists take the White House films, Olympus Has Fallen, we'll wipe the blood from our eyes to try and see Fede Alvarez's Evil Dead, and share our favourite movie moments of the month. Then in part two, we'll be taking a special look at the state of Irish cinema, with a particular focus on Mark O'Connor's King of the Travellers, and then look at some of the other upcoming Irish feature films. And then finally, we'll wrap things up in part three with what we can look forward to in the month of May. Nothing's been the same since New York. Oh, really? I didn't notice that at all. You experience things. And then they're over and you still can't explain them? Gods, aliens, other dimensions? I'm, I'm just a man in a can. The only reason I haven't cracked up is probably because you moved in. Which is great. I love you. I'm lucky. But honey, I can't sleep. You go to bed, I come down here, I do what I know. I tinker. Threat is imminent and I have to protect the one thing that I can't live without. That's you. And my suits, they're, uh... Machines. They're part of me. A distraction. Maybe. So there we had a clip from the latest Iron Man installment, Iron Man 3. Um, we heard Tony Stark having a bit of a conflap with Gwyneth Paltrow. And he's referring to his time at the end of the Avengers where the aliens came in at the end of uh, the portal and he's just kind of trying to come to terms with all of that so if you haven't seen avengers assemble you may want to check it out or kind of have a quick wikipedia look up at it uh, to fill yourself in so it's picking up from that and we really like the iron man saga well the first film was very good the second one was a bit pants far too long and 100 pants suffers from out. sequel syndrome where yeah. it was just kind of like okay we've, we have a kitchen sink does it go in yeah i guess so let's, yeah let's throw it in there so the third one is kind of back on form i was kind of wondering when i was watching it is there a saga where the third film is the best i don't know if it's the best the first one still probably is the best because they're always that toy debate. story is the only one that comes to mind where the second one's better than the first mm. and then the third one is probably the best or maybe. the star wars prequels yeah if they could have kept making those films we would eventually have, have yeah. gotten somewhere so um yeah it's really funny the main thing for me that why i loved iron man 3 was the humor is really back in it there's a brilliant section where um tony stark is kind of having trouble coming to terms with his newfound fame and everybody knows exactly who he is and he's having panic attacks so there's one crucial moment where he has a panic attack ends up in the middle of nowhere and kind of has to come to like rebuild iron man start from scratch and he has this really kind of funny back and forth with um, this kid called Ty Simpkins, who's one of the standout roles in the film. He's I think. the best person yeah. in the whole film, I think. Very funny. Um, and so the plot is that it starts back in 1999 when he came across a guy played by Guy Pearce, who was another scientist, wanted him to get involved with something. Tony Stark just brushed him off. And now... 13, 14 years later, Guy Pearce has come back on the scene and he has this new technology that basically kind of makes weird X-Men type Terminator 2. Definitely Terminator. I was watching it. Yeah. There's a couple of bits where uh, it felt like, you know, it's like, 
And the way the, their limbs kind of bend and yeah. stuff, they just kind of creak around and it's very, very terminated. And they can rebuild themselves. Mm. So then this becomes the bad guy and then Ben Kingsley pops up as this character called the Mandarin. And he's clearly like a parody of Osama Bin Laden and... I don't know. Just Bin Laden, I think yeah. it was Bin Laden. But um, at this point, we will say that you might want to... We're going to go into a little bit of spoiler territory. So you might want to skip ahead if you uh, a couple of minutes. But we need to talk about Trevor. Yeah. We really do. So the f- one of the funniest things in the film, I think, if I'll just hijack your plot summary, was when the Mandarin character was kind of revealed as not really being the... Um, the brains of the operation but actually being a character actor he's an um, actor who's just playing the role because i was i was really ready to rip apart because the bit in the in the trailer is just like everybody must comply and it's really weird like it's a really funny um performance from ben yeah and you don't really see it coming either and then you realize ah he's ripping the piss yeah because you're kind of like why is ben kingsley attached to this film yeah yeah yeah, you know but yeah he's done some fantastic work he's now a knight so you could, once I kind of saw that he was in the trailer, I was like, oh, this actually might be decent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, John Favreau, who's kind of given up the reins, he's handed them over to um, Shane Black. Oh, from directing and then... Yeah. yeah. I presume he still stayed on as a producer, but he is. He does have a, couple, Exe- a cameo yeah. in it. and Executive producer, which yeah. I think means he kind of may not have done a whole lot which is only fair you can imagine Shane Black coming in there and yeah. having John Favreau just saying well we, I, we used to do it this way I presume the link was that Shane Black wrote and directed Kiss Kiss Bang Bang which starred Robbie, Robert Downey Jr and that kind of was his renaissance that's what kind of brought him back into the fold yeah so now there's a bit of payback where he's directing this and I'd say the two of them feel at ease with each other because it flows really well and it does look great. And it is long enough. I think it comes in at six minutes longer than Iron Man 2, mm. which I was surprised by because it doesn't drag or it's not boring. or Yeah, it moves a lot quicker. The big it's plus all the- was that it didn't have Mickey Rourke in it. But. Yeah, no, it's all down to him, though. You think of other kind of superhero films that we saw that kind of flopped a little. Like, I think that first Iron Man, if he wasn't in it, would have been no better than, you know, Daredevil. Or- yeah. Or the Phantom or some of these kind of forgotten The Punisher all these films that people never really paid any attention to but because he was so good at embodying this kind of role of a guy in a suit uh, yeah. you kind of believe in it and it's good you would like to have seen him in the suit more that this was is my misgiving this, of yours this was my problem and it happened with the third uh, Christopher Nolan Batman as well where he's only Batman for about 15 minutes in the mm-hmm. whole film the rest of the time he's kind of having this thing and what I kind of had the issue with was other people spent as long in his suits and he kind of is, I think by him, by the, the revelation whereby he's not really in the suit half the time and he's the person yeah, that's kind of controlling another it remotely. Yeah. It takes away a bit of the peril and uh, risk from the whole thing. And I know it's a superhero thing and they go for the James Bond thing at the end by saying Tony Stark will return and all that. But yeah, if you do go see it stay to the end because at the start of the film it's Robert Downey Jr. talking for some reason and that doesn't really make sense unless you stay to the end because it, it, it all makes yeah, sense. Yeah, we won't ruin that because no. uh, that's a fun thing, which I missed, but you told me about it and it sounds fun. Yeah. I need to get some guy who filmed it on his phone to put it on YouTube. It probably is there. Um, I'd also give a quick uh, mention to Gwyneth Paltrow's abs. They're uh, they're phenomenal. She's good in this, isn't she? She's Yeah, she's really enough. She gets an awful lot of... Um, Hate, I think an awful lot of people don't like her, yeah. but she is. She's very good. She's, she's not annoying, or because she's married to Mr. Coldplay, yeah, Miss Martin. 
Moses and oh. people who are never photographed together that's a little bit of trivia yeah if you oh. look for a photo of the two of them you're really really struggling they don't go anywhere together um, yeah so that was it anything else random that you like, it's just basically it's recommended you liked it a little bit more yeah it's great entertainment did, it's a return to form maybe yeah. not as good as the first one but still brilliant uh, we move on to our next yes go film, see it which uh, is a similar similarly styled film let's, let's take a clip from from this one uh, this is Olympus Has Fallen Agent Banning. Yes, I know who you are. Welcome to my house. What took you so long? You're the one that let the first lady die, no? And soon the president. Failure seems to be a habit with you. Yeah, well. Maybe I owe you for giving me the chance for making up for that today. I admire you for acknowledging your failure, but there's no going back. Nothing you try and do here tonight can atone. Was Olympus Has Fallen, which uh, stars uh, Gerard Butler as uh, Agent Burning. Um, it, I really enjoyed this film, and I'm a I'm almost if I had you know if I actually had a bit more pride in my opinions, I'd probably be a bit embarrassed to say that because it is really daft. It's it's it heralds back to action films from years ago, like um, one in particular. But I, I, it, the one that you have in mind, which is Die, die Hard. It's, die Hard. Yeah, when I kind of saw it, it's kind of like Die Hard in the White House. Basically, so the premise being that um, Agent Banning he, he's kind of blacklisted from the Secret Service after accidentally allowing the president's wife to die, even though in the process. He saved, he saved the, the president. Life, he did his main job. That's he made, done he had to well. make, Yeah, he yeah. had to make a call that uh, it was either the president or the wife because they were in this car hanging off a ledge. And yeah. What are you meant to do? He's trained the president as a priority. So anyway, he gets kind of blacklisted. Um, and so he ends up with this desk job in the Department, second, of, the Department Treasury. of the Treasury. Yeah. So um, Aaron Eckhart is the president and he's pretty good. But... Uh, then what happens is uh, this is all very topical as well because this came yeah, about because, a month uh, yeah. after in in the real world where North Korea kind of went to shit wants or, to wipe South Korea yeah, off the face of the earth yeah, and decided to pretend um, that yeah. they had missiles and stuff and um, I don't know if this is like that f what was that film a couple of months ago that came out oh with No Neck with No Neck Thor Channing Tatum uh, no Channing Tatum wasn't in it well actually G.I. Joe Retaliation was about North Korea as well okay yeah because this film... is the thing it's like you cannot have the Chinese as the enemy because the Chinese market is too big yeah for films so it has to be North Korea um, uh, Red Dawn Red Dawn that yeah. was it yeah 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 so, so because it's basically like the population of North Korea is tiny and yet they were able to the thing with Red Dawn I think was that they were able to get all the way over to America and basically invade invade yeah so, so with this thing it's like South Korea is having a delegation to go over to America meet the president have some talks but then it turns out that that the head of security of the South Koreans is actually uh, North, a North Korean a North Korean yeah so it's mad so they they end up in you know however realistic this is who knows but they end up in the secure bunker underneath the White House and um, 
even though protocol would obviously have that a president would be separated from a guest. Yeah. They're all like, no, but they alluded to that plot point as one of the agents was like, this isn't protocol. It's like, oh, it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. And so the White House is attacked. um, In a like 20 minute blaze of about 100 people die, I'd say. At least 150. Yeah. Many guns, explosions, bullets to the head. It's balls to the wall (laughs) action. It's, it's, It's really, really heavy, gruesome stuff. And it's brilliantly done. Like they did scenes um, in uh, one of my favorite TV shows was uh, the Fox television drama 24 and so in season dun, dun. 7 I think <laughs> in season 7 the White House is uh, is infiltrated and it's phenomenal because we have this place down as like a you know a bastion of freedom like a real kind of place that can't be fortress. Uh, a fortress exactly that can't be infiltrated and then when they take it over you're like Jesus this is kind of insane yeah. and so in this 20 minute thing all the things like oh no but the security obviously they're going to have missiles on the roof and then this insane plane kind of just shoots everything I like down. the dump trucks with the the dump trucks guns. were hilarious and you yeah. know the, the tires pop out and they just dump and it's insane and so we should my main yeah. thing though is with it as always with the the other one that came out recently as well Zero Dark Thirty it's just an hour and a half of American propaganda yeah well this one knows it is now I yeah. wouldn't compare the two because Zero Dark Thirty thinks it's a uh... yeah but again my main issue is the people like because um, Aaron Eckhart did an interview and he was saying you know when he, he would go and watch it with people and in cinemas and people would roar and shout and whoop and holler and I'm like yeah but this is it's just it's too nonsense like it's just and I didn't like the like it's Die Hard in the White House because it rips it off he yeah, is he goes in. He, he's the one guy who goes from the, the, sec- yeah. the Department of the Treasury he manages to hop over run in um, across the White House lawn yeah. through this insane firefight and then all the Secret Service guys are shot yes. and they're killed and then he's the one guy who's in the thing. Yeah. And I don't... Re- and then they have their 50 guys inside who kind of turn it into like a... Yeah, so it's basically they they're trying it. to find him. They actually do the bit as well, which I forgot, where... um, You know the bit in Die Hard when they're on the roof and McLean doesn't know oh, the yeah, bad they, guy and yeah. they pretend they do that. Yeah. They have a bit where he pulls a lump of glass out of his side... Uh, instead yeah, of his Dylan, feet yeah, what's his name? then Dylan he McGrath. rings his wife and just like McLean had the black police officer outside um, Jared Agent. Butler has the black president outside yeah. who is Morgan Freeman we should add yeah that Morgan Freeman plays uh, the, the acting president acting if you like. president I think he's uh, yeah. speaker of the house because the vice president gets shot in the head and yeah. Um, yeah so it's good fun I mean it's absolutely daft this is the kind of film that if you have a UGC unlimited card you should definitely see this but I can't really tell people to go and spend a tenner on it but no. if it's you know if you're into You'll you, see if it you're into TV Netflix year. watching yeah. stuff online definitely it's great fun it harks back to stuff from 20 years ago when we didn't I think really Butler bother. as well was heavily involved in producing it and getting it off the ground as well so. yeah so it's kind of good to see him doing something with his weird pseudo Scottish American yeah, his accent Twang. was pretty decent. A couple of times he, he lost it. You it's could, one of the first times I've stuff. watched him where I'm like, yeah, I can kind of see him as a leading man because he's phenomenally popular in America and I just have him down as this big yeah. gobshite. Like who, he also played for Celtic against Man United in a charity match. Bit of trivia. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Fake Man United, like, yeah. which also featured maybe someone like James Nesbitt. Top, not enough sport. Not, yeah, not yeah. sport podcast. Oh, this isn't a football. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, so anyway, um, the link, we, we will give a, a weird little bit of trivia. Um, and Melissa Leo show up here in um, Olympus Has Fallen. 
And they're also both in a film that came out a week beforehand. I love these things. We've talked about this yeah. before when Jessica Chastain, Michael Fassbender, and uh, Thingy Poots, who's out in love. What's her name? Yeah, Imogen mean, Poots. She's going to be in about 15 I films I love it when year. weird... Like, they're not, they're not filming five films at once, obviously. No. But the way scheduling works, that stuff just gets caught. And you might have... But anyway, the, the tag team of the two of them show up as well in um, Oblivion, um, which uh, the Tom Cruise uh, sci-fi kind of thing, which is... A visually spectacular film, and technically it's brilliant, but there's just something very. Story's pretty weak. You just don't. It's too big or something. You don't really yeah. care. Like you're kind of watching the end. Yeah, going, but don't care. and you're just like, oh, okay. So they made a movie by putting a bit of uh, Moon into a film. Then yeah. they put a bit of Star Wars, uh, The Empire Strikes Back, and they just made a bit of 2001. But yeah, of, all of know. these things, and you know, I enjoyed it. Um, and Tom Cruise has to have been CGI'd to look younger. There's a scene where he's in the pool. He was on Graham Norton actually. He was, and he was, he was CGI'd. He was not yeah, real. He looks like he just he walked do off press tour. risky business. Yeah. <laughs> and got into this pool for yeah. oblivion. He never came to Ireland either. You know the way he got that, that was a hologram. Uh, that was a hologram, a CGI hologram. And apparently Michael D. Higgins was in on the job. And um, it's disappointing, isn't it? But um, anyway, both Morgan Freeman and Melissa Leo show up in this and uh, in in um, oblivion. oblivion. And it's kind of daft. Neither of them really like I liked the stuff with Melissa Leo in it. But Morgan Freeman again, you're just thinking, dude, he's totally going through the motions. He really is. Like I, I guess his agent. We don't know. He could be do we, like, is he in debt or something? Is he one of these people who know. just doesn't know when he has read two coming out? Later in the year, which is like the pensioners. Oh, Bruce Willis. Uh, and Bruce Willis thing. So he he's a guy who just doesn't really know when to when to rest. And um, when we think back to what we we're just acting know, something for more like, than ten yeah, minutes. Shawshank Redemption and Seven and yeah. all these kind of films and everything. So, um, yeah. So we'll see. Maybe he isn't in Red Two. I'm not actually sure. But he is. He's in the cinema too much. Take yeah. a holiday, Morgan. You know, you're a bit. You're getting a bit old. You know. Um, so next up, I guess our thing. Oh, and we we should also say that the another funny thing is that Olympus has fallen is identical to a film that we'll be seeing in the summer, uh, White House Down, which uh, has Channing Tatum and Jamie Fox, with Channing Tatum as Gerard Butler, Jamie Fox as Aaron Eckhart slash Morgan Freeman. On to our next film. Do you want to introduce this clip, or will we just let this gore fest of a of a thing play? We we'll let it play. Okay, so that was a clip from Evil Dead. And Probably uh, it works better if you see it as well. It's a pretty yeah. weird thing to listen to because if you want yeah, to describe what happens it in to, it. That's a scene where one of the actresses uh, cuts her face off with a piece of glass and then her boyfriend comes in to see if he's she's okay. She's cut about halfway through her jaw and then stabs him in the face. So then he has to kill her, smashes her head off a bathroom sink, I think, and then she still comes back and stabs him in the cheek with a, a needle. Yeah, which is the kind of shit that happens at weekends. Like, yeah. I mean, we've all had those kind of weekends where stuff just... You know, oh, stuff gets wild. Ah, I thought you were dead. Come yeah. on. So that was a clip from Evil Dead. It's um, We're massive Evil Dead fans. There's been three of them. 
we keep wishing Sam Raimi would stop directing other films and go and make a fourth one which he kind of has been coerced into saying that he will do but if he will I don't actually think it'll happen it seemed to be the the, the narrative surrounding him if you like whereby yeah. for years he said oh I'll get around to it eventually but um, it seemed I like the, 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 he produced this of course yeah him so and Bruce Campbell cult figure actor who was in the series gave it their permission I kind of got the impression maybe though that the studio was like we're going to remake this um, you can be involved and give us some ideas or we're just going to yeah. make it anyway so yeah. they chose to got involved yeah but and the director spoke very fondly I think Raimi mm. really did kind of take him under his wing yeah. and realise okay they're going to remake this I may as well make it yeah. as good and give it my blessings because when we heard about this originally I was totally against it and I kind of went in with absolutely no expectations and it is it's very good it's kind of more along the lines of the first one it is kind of because there's no humour in it for me the humour in the films didn't really come in until the second and the third one yeah which became kind of piss and there's differing things on Raimi's and their original intentions mm. with uh, the second one is almost a remake of the first one with added humour and better special yeah, yeah, effects yeah because someone said that he originally saw the first ones as uh, the three stooges in a horror kind of a yeah, uh-huh. version with the thing I think he said yeah. that he said that to uh, so, Mr. Mark Mode, I think as uh, as a little an aside because uh, Fede Alvarez came in and said that uh, in an interview it was very funny um, he came in and said that oh Sam told me that because he's from Uruguay yeah. so I'll do my Uruguayan accent okay. Sam told me that the first film is meant to be serious horror and everything and then Carmel's like well no he told me it was meant to be a thing so I mean when you watch that first Evil Dead it feels like a a cheap gruesome horror film I don't think yeah. there's meant to be that much humour and it was only then he when they pull back and, and realize, it gosh it, this is really it, daft and funny yeah. so and ridiculous. if you look at that now as well the special effects are that dated where you could would kind of laugh at it, it doesn't yeah yeah that it has like it's it's it has a nostalgic appeal to people but I don't I think people there's no danger of this one looking dated it's insanely gory like there was certain times where I you couldn't really watch the screen you had to look away I think I was getting mm. old or something but there's one scene where a chainsaw cuts someone in half pretty much and you can see the whole thing again an average weekend no yeah I don't know you're not going to the right place maybe in Drada yeah <laughs> uh, no but it's very funny and again do stay to the end because there's a cameo at the end we won't say any more but yeah, stay yeah. so a big surprise if you enjoy horror blood gore guts um, this is a brilliant thing and if you and the lead actress Jane Levy, Levy yeah. she plays Mia towards the end I think she tries to do a bit of a Bruce Campbell funny kind of great slapstick kind of stuff at some points and a bit of humour comes in at the end because there's just so much blood it's ridiculous yeah I my favourite character was uh, the guy who played uh, I think his name was Eric I'm yeah sure Luke he's a goofy Killer. yeah, yeah. he's the, the, the physical guy. side of because yeah. he gets absolutely destroyed he keeps he, getting shot and yeah, stabbed and yeah he gets a nail gun and oh it's horrendous the premise for the film is pretty good yeah well this is the original see people last year everyone raved about Cabin in the Woods and I mean I enjoyed it but it was just mm. so oh we're inverting this whole yeah. kids go off to a cabin thing but why Why if it can be done this well why because it's that the main character so is trying to detox from taking heroin they're all up in the cabin yeah. in the woods trying to help her do this then she starts seeing stuff so they're like oh well she's just you know she's cleaning up yeah she's yeah, cleaning up we and gotta she's stay here yeah. yeah ah yeah because too often you were like why don't they just ring someone or go yeah. online and the check. thing I want to know about the end of all of these is spoiler alert she lives but how do you explain then to the authorities or how do you go home because her brother's in the film 
Oh yeah, I had to like my yeah, he, he got shot. Yeah, yeah. Dead, so but oh like, no, my, my friends fault. got butchered. I didn't kill him though. It was it was an evil spirit. Dead it is, not me. Yeah, there's yeah, just no. blood everywhere though. Yeah, yeah, and I mean I did. Yeah, you will dig up the body, and yes, there'll be like you know there'll be arms missing. Yeah, and like you know yes, I I did cut off people's things, but like and I did bury them alive, but like you know I didn't didn't want yeah. to. You know? I want to see that horror film where it's the aftermath and it's just someone in court basically for nobody believing them and everybody's thinking doing flashbacks. Yeah. yeah big films that we look back on they happen to be all big kind of blockbusters this time around just so happened that they're the three that we figured we'd chat about uh, do you wish to share your magical movie the moment of Breakers uh, Harmony Corrine directed it he also wrote the screenplay for kids got a bit of controversy for that and Spring Breakers is getting its own controversy but one scene that is absolutely hilarious in it is when uh, James Franco is playing this pimp guy who, Look at all my shit! <laughs> who hires uh, the three girls to help him rob banks and they all come out to because he's a proper pimp he has a white piano overlooking the <laughs> sea and uh, he then they ask we him we should add his name is Alien as well Alien for, yeah. I don't know I wonder what his parents name probably Alan yeah right? No, brilliant. And uh, so the women come out in luminous bikinis and pink balaclavas ask him to play something and then he cuts into uh, a Britney Spears song and then this is used as a montage for them robbing loads of people and it's hilarious it's the funniest thing in the film and the funniest thing we've seen a long while I think in the film yeah let's play 10 seconds of it okay the song's called Every Time yeah song poor Britney um Brilliant. so my favorite moment we're going to rewind a little bit we talk it's from Olympus has fallen it's basically Jared Butler in the Oval Office he's now running the Oval Office yeah and he decides to kill uh one of the terrorists who comes in he picks up Abraham Lincoln's bust and big bronze thing and smashes the guy's head in that's basically I think a bit of a screw you to Steven Spielberg yeah and the whole uh, Daniel Day-Lewis Lincoln thing that they've got going on saying you know what this is our the tribute. general guy in Olympus Has Fallen looks very familiar he kind of plays the Agent Smith of Die Hard where he's just like you're not calling the shots I'm calling the shots oh yeah he looks yeah. very familiar he's kind of like rented general tough guy I person. think so yeah anyway. he probably was in 24 probably who knows um, anyway that concludes part one we'll come back in part two here's a bit of random music We should uh, give a little mention now at the beginning of part two to our new headquarters. So we're here um, in the new Spool.ie headquarters in uh, uh, we, we, a secret location, we can't really tell you. And uh, so producer Colin put together uh, some nice new music for us this week and uh, we're delighted with them now. And so uh, we'll keep them on for another month. We'll keep them on for another month uh, once once he keeps paying the rent. Um, yeah. We, we did the view from the new spool towers isn't it's not as impressive but it's a bit more comfortable i think the tea is a lot better. more character yeah yeah the tea is certainly better and which is the most important thing um so anyway uh, in part two we're going to be chatting a little bit about uh i guess the state of irish cinema if you like a very grand uh statement thesis. Kind of thing. <laughs> it is basically a thesis but uh this is spurred we are chatting a little bit uh, both of us saw um mark o'connor's king of the travelers and uh, we started kind of arguing a little bit about stuff 
and uh, so King of the Travelers came out uh, last week um, it, by it, Mark O'Connor whose yeah. previous film Between the Canals we both haven't seen it actually no no um, so this is the second film but what why he kind of came to prominence was at Galway Film Flat last year when he was bringing out his new film a new film which isn't this which he'd it, already yes. premiered this it shows a good quirk in the he read, Irish release system yeah. whereby he was premiering a new film before his his the second film, film had even played, come out so he read out this manifesto a kind of call to arms for Irish directors and it picked up a bit of steam although in Donald Clark's interview recently he asked him did anybody get in touch with you and he was like no it was basically as much a piss take as anything it was like you and me saying that we're heralding a great new dawn in um, film criticism in film criticism <laughs> R.I.P. Ebert yeah it's okay we're here now we've <laughs> we've got the baton yeah so it's mad um, do you mind if I actually read a little bit I have yeah I think print, I have it printed out so, yeah. so this is a much abridged version um, if you can consider the scene um a brand new film playing at uh, Ireland's best or the, the best film festival for new Irish cinema the Galway Film Fla and um, yeah so he this was his thing he stands up before his film wonderful ballsy move I love it yeah. so anyway, he says <clears throat> there is a new face in Irish cinema the makeup is finally coming off the conventional and generic Irish films of the past are being replaced by what could be referred to as the Irish new wave or Ton Nua bit of Gaelic there yeah I believe that we are finally finding our voice. So he he, he blabbers on a little bit more. Um, and the paragraph which catches killed, our eye... Yeah, what killed it for me was... Yeah. Or hated it. It is clear that Terry McMahon's Charlie Casanova is an astonishingly powerful cinematic voice. Uh, and yet it was rejected by the critics. It seems sadly familiar to the years leading up to the French New Wave and Alexandra Astruc's 1948 essay, The Birth of a New Avant-Garde, La Camera Stilo. How the, how the critics have once again overlooked groundbreaking films like Charlie Casanova is the point of art not to disrupt familiarity it is not a perfect film by any means but it didn't need to be blah 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 yeah. blah 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 like Charlie Casanova isn't even the worst film of last year Irish wise it's probably the worst film I've ever seen yeah you know so but it says here it wasn't perfect like they're willing to admit that so so we should say that like I actually I think watching King of the Travelers I don't want to rip it apart because I think there's some brilliant bits in it but it's just really let down by um, I guess the premise of it is you're talking about a modern day uh, Irish family of who are living in uh, somewhere in North Dublin I kind of got the impression yeah kind of out near I'm not too, I, I don't really know they, they talk about Fingal County Council so yeah, wherever that is wherever like, that is yeah, so whether that's answers on a postcard. Well, I think all is like near Balbriggan or out near Solwood. Okay. Who knows? But uh, anyway, and they're there, and there are a couple of disputes there, and there's a there's a it kind of it, it plays up. It, it's relevant in in some aspects because it does. There's a recent phenomenon of traveling, warring traveling families issuing fights to each other, and they make these videos on YouTube and send them to each other in this feuds. It was really covered in the film Knuckle. last year or a year or two ago called Knuckle. Yeah, documentary film. Where it went into this, so it seems to be uh, a, a, know, nar- a, a narrative based around that that, that film. But then um, the story throws in stuff Shakespeare. There's about four different of. lines, and it it brings nothing new. I think to the image of travelers, it just plays on stereotype after stereotype, and he he's trying to say that I don't know what like he has a bit where your man's quoting. 
it's just not believable he's being all philosophical and fine I'm sure that's perfectly but it just doesn't sit right with then yeah, the portrayal yeah. of it and it's really all over the place yeah. there's bits where he's lifted um, I think you mentioned it in your review he's totally gleamed a thing from on the waterfront on the waterfront the there's contender. Shakespeare and stuff and yeah. like they, but he admits it, it turns O'Connor into Romeo brilliant and Juliet because, yeah exactly he, he's like yeah well I mean I watched The Godfather and it's like why not just you know pull out a bit so it opens with a, with a scene at a wedding and you know a couple of iconic kind of films like uh, The Deer Hunter and The Godfather obviously have and I think he may does he even say like a line of you come here to me yeah. you come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding or something and yeah. you're like okay I, like it's fun and it is interesting and if you think about the manifesto as kind of pushing people to talk about um, I don't know I just don't think I, there's anything new I think it's kind of pointless it's very short film it's only like yeah. 70 or 80 minutes yet and there's so many different storylines although we feel nothing has happened yeah. you don't really care about any of the characters because the, there's a love interest with it that just seems ridiculous that they throw in um, yeah. Peter Coonan's in it who plays Fran in Love Hate he's terrible he's the worst stereotype in it yeah so we, we yeah exactly we should add he plays Mickey the Bags yeah, he's, the basically, he's trying to be Brad Pitt from Snatch doing a terrible job yeah. of it but, but John he, Connors, um, who plays John Paul Murhouse, who's a, I think he's a proper, he's a real traveller who's yeah, acting in it. For the, yeah, and Michael Collins, yeah. who we know from They're both fantastic. Row and Abby yeah. Absolutely brilliant. And O'Connor cast all, um, lots and lots of members of the travelling community, both in those two lead roles, and yeah. then also as extras and stuff. And it does actually lend a brilliant authenticity to things, except there's a few people in there who can't act and they really let things down it kind of brings you out of it. the main thing yeah. when you want to go and see a film as opposed to a documentary yeah th- what that knuckle was is you want to get totally immersed in it and these blips just kind of take you right back out of it and you yeah. realize and there you're was, watching in a narrative like there would have been ways to do that by doing interviews just about everyday life with people in it and then integrate it into a story rather than than the way it goes where they feel the need to cut to the old guy mending the shoes and stuff and yeah like he mend- and yeah. you're just like it just is more annoying than anything but what I thought with the whole thing was that it is indicative of a bigger problem with Irish cinema where the product like King of the Travelers looks great there's absolutely nothing wrong with it the acting for the most part is really really solid and it reminds me of stuff I saw um, last year like Dollhouse and um, maybe even Sensation a little bit where everything looks great and works but there's just huge problems with them with the script and and the development process and it's kind of like these films are getting financing based on the premise rather than what's actually yeah what 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 what, what no one's actually setting down to go and say look the script just isn't good enough you know go back yeah. and if you want you know half a million or something to go and make this then you know it needs to be a stronger story like yeah. and then go get your amazing cast because that's the thing and it's so frustrating because there is the bones of a great film in there um but it's just so weak on a story yeah it's just and, it's loads of stuff cobbled together yeah. that doesn't really work and so it comes out next to it did pretty badly at the box office we should add the one bright light in the Irish um, cinema scape as of late is Good Vibrations but it's not it's funded as much by um, British Ireland. kind of sources Britain, and Northern yeah. Ireland so it's you know of course we're going to claim it as our own but it's a bit of a Rory, totally. yeah. Rory McIlroy <laughs> yeah. Rory McIlroy kind of job where we'll you know Oh no, it's the Republic, it's the Republic, but no, yeah. not really. And so we've in the recently we've seen um, Pilgrim Hill come out to very mixed reviews and then uh, Earthbound, I think, another film. So I read I think Earthbound. it was in the Irish Times yeah. where um 
on uh, its box office take took Made maybe five put 300 euro I five think. grand and then on the second weekend it took 374 euros in box office if you consider the cinema cost about nine yeah quid so nine quid into 374 can you do that for me 40 30, people, 40 people 45 people in a weekend on yeah. weekend two and this is earthbound like they did the marketing was there as much yeah. was spent you know, an ad on a bus costs, you know, maybe two grand or something. Yeah. And Earthbound got a lot of promotion. So, so I don't know. I'm, right now, I feel our cinema's in... Like, th- there's, there's six films come out in six weeks. This was in Tara Brady's thing in the Irish Times, which you can Google yeah. and read. And um, they've all kind of... They're, fa- they're flopping a little bit. They're not doing great. And um, But there is hope for optimism. What I've done is I've picked out three films that are pretty good. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> yay! <laughs> uh, so, first up, he's one of our favourite people, Lenny Abramson's Frank. Michael Fassbender um, should be coming out I'd say it'll probably play festivals an international festival at the end of the summer probably Venice or yeah. Toronto um, the other two, Jump is out I'm not actually using it as mine but it's out uh, next uh, no it came, out, it came out yesterday we haven't oh, around it came out, it yet, yeah, but it's yeah, getting yeah. good reviews it's getting decent enough reviews and played Toronto last year and so hopefully it'll book the trend of the crappier ones yeah um, but the other my second pick then is uh, I think it sounds great John Michael McDonough's Calvary we didn't like The Guard well you hated it I thought I it was fine it. Yeah. Calvary is a much better cast uh, next up uh, Steph Green's Run and Jump which is uh, I think it part finance an Irish UK co-production thing and it played uh, Tribeca last week and got really really good reviews and it stars uh, Will Forte from Saturday Night Live and then is that three can I go with a fourth pick go yeah, for it why not we'll um, and then a film called Last Days on Mars which um, is playing the Cannes Directors Fortnight uh, next month and uh, stars Leif Schreiber and uh, yeah and again it, it suffers I think from uh, the same thing where even though we're going to claim it as our own it gets a bit of UK yeah. finance uh-huh. so anyway we could talk for a long time about the whole thing but bottom line Irish cinema little bit of a slump the last couple of weeks and there's been countless films coming out and none of them are really doing anything and um, yeah. with the exception of Good Vibrations uh, nothing really to get too excited about no disappointing um, anyway there ties up part two and we'll go into our final quick part um, part three boy do you remind me of me Seeing as how you two is from Arkansas and we know some of the same people and we grew up in some of the same places, I reckon we can make a deal for something. A deal for what? Food. Food for a boat. He's a bum, Ellis, come on. Why don't you go get your own food? Well, I would if I could. See, I told somebody I'd meet him here, so... Well, I'm stuck for now and what I got's running low. He's a bum, Ellis. Come on. I ain't no bum. I got money, boy. You can call me a hobo because a hobo work for his living. You can call me homeless because, well, that's true for now. But you call me a bum again, I'm going to teach you something about respect your daddy never did. Clip from Mud, the new Jeff Nichols film, who directed Take Shelter two, three years ago. I think it was Nigel's favorite film of 2011. It absolutely was. It came out at the very tail end of 2011 in North America. And then I think it was here in January, February. Yeah. Um, so everybody's raving about it. Stars man at the moment, Matthew McConaughey. From the trailer, kind of looks like a weird Stand by Me. Huckleberry Finn. Kinda. The firm as well kind of comes to yeah. mind just because of the kid or not the firm. Um, the client. I don't know a John Grisham film where a kid sees a dead body, and then doesn't lie. And Susan Sarandon's in it. 
and she has to get the kid to testify that she saw he saw the dead body it's a dead lawyer in a car it's not the firm because that's tom cruise i think it's called the client anyway it kind of looks like is that is he in that who oh no it's a time to kill that matthew mcconaughey, matthew McConaughey was in. Yeah. sorry trivia yeah so much Not trivia. trivia. No, just lies. Random bumping in, but yeah. yeah, mud is. That's my pick of next month. It looks fantastic. Yeah, Reese Witherspoon is in it also, right? Was yeah. she doing? Uh, Hopefully, she's she wasn't will drunk be sober when yeah. she wasn't. <laughs> poor old, poor old lass. Um, cool. And then my pick. So when's that? That's out. What date? Uh, tenth of May. Great. And then my pick is. Uh, I'm so excited. The new Pedro Almodovar film, which comes out this Friday, third of May. Um, and uh, yeah so I wrote a thing during the month you can just uh, kind of google it if you like or look it up why don't you google it you can just go to the site it's, over. it's in the top sidebar and uh, yeah it's out on the 3rd of May and uh, so it kind of looks really farcical and daft it's about set on an airplane uh, set on an airplane that's kind of crashing and they kind of have to you know tie things together it looks like a farcical kind of comedy Almodovar used, did a lot of this kind of stuff in the 80s where it was just insane weird raunchy gay humour and this looks really really camp and like he's kind of going back to his roots reviews have been kind of mixed but more so because he became a real darling of kind of world cinema as a you know this real uh, skin I live in and stuff like that did you uh, like that? yeah the skin yeah. I live in and then even back 10 years ago all about my mother and talk to her and stuff where mm-hmm. um, and bad education as well three phenomenal um, films that people should look up if they're I love the people. trailer for um, I'm so excited because it doesn't have any of his kind of regular people Yeah. and then there's a hilarious bit where it cuts to Antonio Banderas driving a uh, an airport thing who waves to Penelope Cruz who was also maybe directing air traffic or something so they yeah. obviously remembers his little his, cameos yeah, yeah. He, he's he's working I think with uh, Carmen Maura who uh, is one of the, I think he's kind of fitted in uh, a lot of his, his his old like allies and colleagues and stuff and gotten them sitting into the plane so it's out on May 3rd it's out for it's about, Friday. probably about two weeks and worth your time if you're looking for something a little bit daft um, the only other thing I guess we should look forward to in the month of May is the Neil Jordan retrospective that's playing in the Irish Film Institute and it's, it's a all full career. It's all in cinematic films and yeah. it's running up until the 30th of May and then the 31st of May um, Byzantium, Byzantium comes out film. yeah which is cool I, I, I you think in your mind you've seen I, I've seen all the the Neil Jordan films but then yeah. look down through the list and you're kind of like oh yeah no I should go see that I should go see that the pick that. I think would be his interview with uh, Pat McCabe that's happening towards the end of it it's free yes. but I think you need to book tickets so I'd yeah. say they'll go I'm pretty on, quick a Monaghan native yep Pat get Very flat makes back going would you we will bring a sign to the thing yeah time to bring back flat lakes yeah. Um, anyway, that's all the crack. Uh, thanks very much for listening, everybody. Uh, we've rambled thanks. on a little bit much. Yeah. And thanks um, again, to Colin. And we'll yeah, catch tune you next in. Month. Tune into the site this week. We'll be previewing a couple of films uh, that are you know we should look out for for the month. A couple more, and then don't forget that every Friday we've started doing our things we learned this week. So you know you always find a link. Um, if you've made it to the end of the podcast and it shows you're interested in the kind of stuff we'll be shouting on about. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye.